everyone, welcome back to Sustainability Speaks. On today's podcast, we are joined by Mark, who is the founder of Natural Mat. Mark, can you tell us a bit about the origins of Natural Mat and what Natural Mat is? Of course I can. Hello, Sustainability Speaks, and hello, Saskia. Well, it seems like a very long time ago that I set up Natural Mat, and uh, in my and it's a bit of a sort of convoluted history, really. But I mean, my, in, in my previous life, when I had a day job, I um, was a chocolate taster for Thornton's up in Derbyshire. But I was and I got a bit bored of it, um, although that might sound surprising. But I um, I, I came from a, a, a marine background. My father was a uh, boat designer and we have a boatyard down in Devon uh, on the banks of the River X. And that's actually where I am sitting and speaking from today. So I always sort of grew up in around the marine industry and I sort of hankered to get back to that sort of environment, really, rather than the food industry. And I saw people were buying very expensive boats, but sleeping on a very poor quality mattress. I thought well, that doesn't really make any sense. So why would you spend all your time, all your, you know, a lot of time and a lot of money on a boat, half a million pounds and sleep on a 30 pound piece of polyurethane foam? You know, by the time you can afford a boat, you probably, you know, deserve a little bit of sort of more comfort in your life. Um and the materials that they were using were totally inappropriate, really. They only used polyurethane foam because it was cheap and it was easy to cut and shape. Um, but it's not a good material to sleep on. And all synthetics are really appalling materials, really, uh, in, 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 in the context of any form of bedding. Because they do two things. They absorb heat and they absorb moisture, which are the two things you're always trying to get rid of in any kind of sleeping environment. So I sort of looked around uh, and I came up with an idea that actually natural fibres are the things that we should be using um, for to make mattresses for yachts and motorboats. And we started um, cutting and shaping things and experimenting with various different materials, such as organic coconut fibre, uh, 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 lamb's wool, latex um, and co some cottons. Um, and assembled them on, on my old table tennis table down in the corner of the boatyard. Um, anything I couldn't do was sew, so I had to get someone else to sew all the covers together. But all the fabrication was done by me. But we came up with a couple of different sort of compositions, and they worked. They were far more comfortable. They were breathable, so they avoided. They got rid of sort of um, humidity, condensation, um, and all the other kind of perennial problems um, that sort of associated with a sort of damp rain atmosphere. And that's how it started. And pretty much, you know, those are the materials that we still use today. The business has morphed quite a lot over the years. And sort of within a year of starting the sort of boat business, I also teamed up with a chap called Peter Tyndall, who's my business partner. Uh, and uh, within about a year, my girlfriend was pregnant. So I started looking at what babies slept on. And we saw that they were exactly the same thing. They were polyurethane foam covered in uh, vinyl or sticks again and that's terrible materials to use um in any sleeping environment and babies it's even worse for babies because, because they can't regulate their own temperature so we thought oh right let's transfer our experience and our skills into the nursery market and we came up with three different compositions and we were the first guys to pass all british standards without using any synthetics chemicals fire retardants so 100 natural mattress and then unsurprisingly other parents uh, out in the market they thought the same as we did and we sort of pretty quickly, we became a kind of a nursery business, really. And that lasted for about 10 years. And then we fell into uh, the hotel industry. I met a chap called Simon Woodruff, who's a Yo Sushi founder. And he, he lived on a boat next to a friend of mine in London. And basically, I became his, his bed consultant for his new hotel concept. And that and the first few were not 
relatively small hotels and then opened a really big one in New York. And we thought, oh, that's quite interesting. Um, so we started uh, focusing on the, ho- on the hotel market. And then about that time, 2012, people started, uh, or hotels started to think about becoming a little bit more environmentally friendly, a little bit greener. And started seeing messages in bathrooms that said, look, you know, if you don't want your towel washed, hang it up. But if you do, then, you know, you can leave it on the floor. So the, the real, the sort of, I suppose, you know, excuse the pun, but the green shoots of, of a sort of green revolution were starting. And it, we picked up some very good customers very quickly. And then again, that became quite a big part of our business. And then once you're making big matches, uh, you might as well make for Joe Bloggs in the high street. And we'd always had a, so fundamentally, we're a B2C business. Um, so we thought, okay, in about 2015, 2016, now we need to sort of transfer our skills across so that grown-ups um, out there can enjoy, you know, what we're doing. But the problem that we had is that although for hotels or a nursery, you can supply just a mattress with sort of little else really, but for if, if, um, if you or I are looking for a mattress, then you need something to put it on. Um, and so you need to have a headboard and a bed base as well. And it's very hard to market just a mattress because it's quite a sort of banal type of product. And it, if you have a nice looking bed base and headboard, then it's easier to sell the mattress uh, and much easier to market and promote it. And so those are sort of the four thing, four elements or departments really that make up map, uh, uh, natural map today. So we have boats, babies, hotels, um, and what we call retail, um, which is and so and we've over the years we've grown. Luckily, we no longer make on my old table tennis table. We're based in the in the boatyard on the banks of the river exit Devon, and um, we have a couple of shops in London now. Um, we're just about to open one uh, store in the Cotswolds, and hopefully we're going to be in Manchester in spring twenty three. And then we've got a couple of other places sort of dotted around overseas. So that's sort of who we are and sort of fundamentally what we do. Gorgeous. I bet you've got a fantastic view over the ocean out of your office. <laughs> ocean is, is is a very um, generous um, description of Topsham mud. So um, when the tide's in, it's pretty good looking. When the tide's out, it's a bit smelly. But anyway, but anyway, it's it's better than staring at, at, a, at a concrete wall somewhere. So it's not too bad. Yeah. I'm looking at some very old sheds here that built about in the 1850s from this little office where I am. Actually, which was my dad's old office, funny enough. <laughs> so we had somebody on the podcast a fair few months ago maybe about a year ago now she was called Rachel Fowler and she was a sustainable interior designer if anybody's listened to this make sure you go listen to that podcast also and she did briefly touch on natural mattresses and babies interesting for our listeners to get a bit more depth during this episode of course yeah no definitely one thing you have spoke about is about the health issues. Do you think that you're mainly trying to tackle health issues or is it also a sustainability issue too? Do you know what? It, it, it's all pretty intertwined, really. I mean, I think that there's there's many things here. Um, and I think that the, the perception of sleep um, as an important part of everybody's lives has has changed and grown substantially in the last 10 years. Um, wellness in its sort of most sort of broad sense sort of used to be all about what you eat or and, and how much exercise you, you, you took. Uh, and now it's about how you sleep as well. So, and I think those are the sort of real three fundamental pillars of wellness. And so 
health and sleep are 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 extremely sort of in, intertwined, and it's an area that that where we have always sort of um, thought that you know you can't really operate and function particularly well if you had a very bad night's sleep, and and a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of people don't have the luxury of sleeping on a really nice mattress, um, and I think it's I think there's a huge education thing here, and in the early days, you know, we we're sort of evangelists about saying, you know, you must sleep on a on a natural, or you must make your try and allow your babies to sleep on a natural mattress, a mattress that contains natural fibres and no chemicals. Chemical fire retardants are pretty nasty things, and so you don't really want them sort of anywhere near your sleeping environment. And so, you know, since day one, we've never used any. Um, and it's it's really it's about temperature control, um, and get, and that's what we believe is the key to sort of really good night's sleep. And natural materials will dissipate moisture and they will dissipate heat. And they will try and maintain and they will try and maintain an even temperature for the body. And getting too hot is sort of very uncomfortable. And that's often what you then you perspire and then you wake up because you feel hot and sweaty. Um, alternatively, you know, you just get you get cold. And so um, the you know the, enabling the body to regulate its temperature in a nice even way is a very good way of making sure that you're comfortable um, and then you'll have a good night's sleep the other health issue is that you know just trying to make you know, touching on the comfort thing you know there's some materials that are squishier and more comfortable than others um, and generally you know if you if you look at when you look at a mattress you really should be looking at the the contents of it and there's a lot of within the mattress industry there's a lot of smoke and mirrors in my view and a lot and it's and it's and it's boiled down to sort of rather too simplistic terms and most mattress makers or retailers they just talk about spring count and they say okay so for 999 pounds you know you get a thousand springs and then for two thousand pounds you get 2,000 springs and 3,000 pounds, you get 3,000 springs. So they're, they're, they're sort of leading the consumer um, on a sort of very simple path, but they're not really telling you, telling you it's got more springs in it, but they're not telling you what else it's got in it. And really what you need to know, the spring actually, culturally the UK is a sprung market. We, we tend to sleep on springs. But um, what you really need to know is about what's above and below and around those springs and the fibres that are going into the mattress. And the more natural fibres you have at the top of at the top of the mattress, the better you are going to be at trying to sort of regulate your temperature and you're going to be more comfortable. So, you know, the whole health thing is sort of, is it, they are so intertwined. And so on the one hand, you've got to have a sort of, you know, if you don't have a good night's sleep on a natural mat, then obviously then, you know, it's, it's you know, then, then, then we're failing in our duty. But I'm very pleased to say that we get fantastic reviews and we, we virtually, as a company, we get virtually no returns. So I'm pretty sure that we're doing something right here. But in terms of sort of the, 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 the flip side, you know, in the early days, you know, we were going on about, you know, all our materials come from sustainable and, and, and renewable sources. And no one was really particularly interest, interested. And so, so th these sort of messages that we've been sort of um, broadcasting since, you know, for 20, just over 20 years, have now finally sort of got resonance within the marketplace. And so people are starting to say, oh, that's really nice. You know, that's great. You know, so, you know, so the sustainable angle has always been a key element of our business, but it's now become, it's now actually got um, 
it's got an audience uh, that are prepared to listen as well. So, you know, we're now in a much better place. But health and sustainability uh, go in our business have always gone hand in hand in hand. Just adding on to that point, I have read online that natural mat is circular. What do you do to be a circular business? Well, it's it's something that we've always sort of aimed to do. And we've sort of been, you know, I think we were the first guys to make a mattress that contained entirely uh, natural materials that were all from a sustainable and renewable source. And everything could either be biodegradable or recyclable. Uh, we can always, we've always been able to sort of disassemble a mattress at the end of its life and then, and then repurpose all of those ingredients. And so it's, and the, the circular element is, so we've been doing this sort of arguably for quite a long time, but there's always more that you can do across the range of what we do. And actually it, it, we had a, we had a, um, uh, a sustainability uh, review about a year ago and we had some external people came in and we had a complete kind of audit of what we were doing uh, as part of our business. And actually it's been a really um, cathartic process and we're a very different company than we were 12 months ago. And it's, and it, and it's really exciting. And the circular element is, is, is one of the key parts. Basically we've, we've, we've sort of come up with sort of our five core pillars. And circularity is, is um, we call it closing loop, is one of our pillars. And so we aim to have, um, a fully closed loop business by 2025. That's our aim. Uh, number two is about sustainable and regenerative sourcing. And um, our aim is to set up and support local regenerative farming projects, which is underway with our local organic uh, wool farmers. Uh, healthy sleep for all, which we've touched on before, is again another is our another key pillar. Uh, sleep poverty is is uh, a terrible thing um, if you you know if you don't even have a mattress or a bed how on earth are you going to be able to function and operate uh, properly so we are aiming to dedicate five percent of our production to sleep poverty um, and number four climate emergency something that we all have to be very very aware of uh, and number five is continuing to support our Devon community. So we aim to be sort of, you know, we want to be the best place to work for our for our people. And, and I think, you know, people do enjoy working. We work in a very nice place and we try and really look after our people as well. So, you know, I think that the, the circularity forms is one of the sort of key parts of our sustainability strategy. And there's lots more that we can do. But, um, but it's, it, it, and it actually spins off into another thing that we've started doing, actually. We've got this, we've got a new, initiative that we have uh we've officially launched this month and it's called mattress for life um and so you know one of the key problems with sort of other mattresses out there is that uh and in terms of our industry as a whole is about five million mattresses are chucked into landfill every year and you've got to dig a very big hole to fit a mattress in it so it's a pretty terrifying um statistic so we're trying to avoid that at every single junction. And so our Mattress for Life initiative means that at the end of your end of the life of the mattress, you come back to Natural Man, you rail on Natural Man and say, hang on, um, what do I do with this? And so we say, all right, you've got three choices. You've got either you send it back to us and we will do an audit on it and we'll uh, take off the cover. Uh, we will 
change the materials that need changing. Generally, the core of the mattress should be okay, but it says that it's covers and the tufting materials that might need changing. And so then we'll send you back a sort of a mattress that is as good as new. So you'll get your old refurbished mattress back to you. Uh, number two, you might say, oh, no, I don't want my old mattress back. I might want to change, try something else. So we will uh, pull your mattress to pieces. It'll go, all the component parts will go into various different recycling um, and repurposing uh, streams. And then you get a choice. So either we give you a credit for the value of the materials that we've recovered, and that goes towards your new mattress, or um, you get it in product. So we can make, so we can clean the materials that we take out, and then we can make pet beds and we can make cushion fillings. So you can either get it back either as money or you get it back as, as a credit in product. Number three, you say, oh, well, actually, I want to give my mattress um, to uh, donate it to a sort of sleep poverty uh, charity. And so we have, we found a man called Arthur in Liverpool and he's made the first mattress washing machine uh, called Matilda. And we send it off to Arthur and Matilda and they wash the mattress. It goes through three separate chambers. One is a steam, the next one is a uh, ozone, uh, and a uh, third one is a UV uh, chamber. And it comes out sort of clean as uh, utensils in an operating theater. And then it goes into, uh, into a furniture poverty charity um, with, with outlets in Liverpool, Oldham, and Manchester. So you're effectively donating your mattress and so I think a single is 20 pounds and a, and, a, and a double is 30 pounds. But if you, but if you, if you, if you're on a certain sort of um, socioeconomic uh, level, then you, you don't pay anything. You, you get it for free. So you are doing something that, you know, you are. And I think that philanthropic element is probably going to be very popular, you know, with our, with our customer database, I suspect. Yes. So that's a sort of a range, some of the ranges of sort of, circularity that we're that we're looking at today as a business uh, we're the first guys to do a mattress for life initiative in the marketplace and i think it's it, it definitely seems very pop it seems very popular already can anybody with any mattress donate their mattress or is that something specific to your business um we are work well we're working with this organization um up in liverpool at the moment and and so if you come to us and say, right, I'm, you know, we already offer a service to our new customers who say, who, who don't have a natural mattress. They're, they're coming to buy a natural mattress and they've got something else. So we say, okay, well, if you, um, we'll take your old mattress away and then we, if, and then we have to do a triage. Um, in most, a lot of cases, there's, you know, they can't go into the same sort of streams as our own mattresses because they've got very different materials in them, but they go off to be recycled. Um, and the better ones, we do a triage, and the better ones do go off to this uh, this donation stream. So yes, it can happen, but again, it depends on what it is that we're taking back in again. When people often talk about sustainability, it's about buying things and having them for a long period of time or what life, if possible. But mattresses, you're meant to. I don't think anybody really does, but you're meant to get a new mattress, say every eight years. How long do your mattresses last and how long do you recommend before you repurpose them or you buy a new one? Very good question, Saskia. I mean, I think that it, it, it you know, it sounds, sounds like a silly thing to say, but it does spend a little bit on, on how often you sleep on it. I mean, some people, you know, a lot of our customer uh, base, uh, they might go away on holiday. Um, they might have second home somewhere. So, or they might travel quite a lot. 
So they might not necessarily be sleeping on it every single day of the week. But our mattresses, I think we 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 guarantee for 10 years. But I would say that after about eight years, you probably start needing to just, just check it, really. And it's just auditing, you know, what you've got. Just just and all you do is you, you know, just just by feeling the mattress, does it feel nice and still good and flat? Um do the springs feel like they're in place? Do any of the fibers feel like they've moved? Do, do the sides look nice and straight? And you should just be sort of just checking that it's all fine. And you know, we work with a lot of hotel partners and we do that with our hotel partners. So we go in after sort of sometimes you know, six, seven, eight years and we check them over and we see how they're doing. And even in hotels where they're running at sort of nearly 100% occupancy, occupancy you know, they're, they're still being completely fine after eight years the only damages so far seem to be things like sort of where the covers have sort of been you know had you know had sort of bottle of red wine poured over them for example so and you know so that they need to be replaced but the integrity of the mattresses is pretty good actually so we say 10 but we think they'll probably last you longer but you know start checking it really that's the thing to do i think one of the things that businesses worry about is growing and compromising eco credentials is this something that you have encountered and if so how have you balanced out your eco credentials and your goals to grow the business well that's very true because it's quite hard it is you know the bigger you get the the the, the machine has a lot more moving parts and it is harder to keep control of it but i mean there's things for example so as we sort of we moved into sort of new buildings about 10 years ago and we put um so you know we, we put solar panels on the roof so we generated in the early days for example we generated more electricity than we used but as we've grown we've sort of you know our electricity requirements are have, have grown in line with it and so now we probably only generate about half of the electricity that we use um so, you know, then we've got to think about, okay, and we're still growing, we're growing pretty fast as well. So how are we going to sort of cope with our sort of keep, keep a cap on our sort of energy and, and keep that as sort of as sustainable as possible? So we're now building a new building. We're building it to very high kind of eco standards. So it will be very extremely energy efficient. And then we're lucky enough that we've got space in, in around the old boatyard. And so we can we can put in uh, systems sort of ground source and we can put in more solar. So we need to think sort of carefully about how we grow in the future and then how we and, and how we do it, leaving the, the least sort of footprint, um, you know, in our sort of lovely Devon territory. So. It is very hard. It is hard. And the faster you grow, the harder it is. Um, but, you know, we, you know, we now have, you know, we now have it seems extremely grown up, but we've now got our own sustainability officer. And so, you know, they're there. They're, uh, and so we know we have our impact report. And so we now have sort of. Series of checks and controls and people who will just sort of question, you know, what we're doing and how we're going to sort of move forward. In the, in the most sort of sustainable way. So it is. it becomes more difficult, but the bigger you are, then hopefully you've got more resources that you can put towards it. So I suppose this is the simple answer really. But, you know, we are really looking forward to the future. And, um, you know, and, the, and there are ways in which you can then drive down. Um, and so that we're working very hard across our, uh, you know, our five pillars and our climate, uh, especially with our climate emergency goals. So. There are there are ways to 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 do it, but it but it does take time and it takes you know effort, 
and and a lot of scratching, the head scratching to sort of make sure that you can do it in the right possible way. Anyway, we're very, you know, we're uh, we're very confident about um, about where we're going in the future, and we're really looking forward to it as well. So, um, on hopefully onwards and upwards for us. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for joining us. This has been super interesting. It's been great to build on the sort of topics we discussed during Rachel Fowler's episode. And it's also been great to talk about health and sustainability and how that intertwines. Great. Thank you very much indeed, Saskia. It's been a pleasure talking to you.